Hello, welcome to Theory for Turntables, the TFT podcast. I'm Ryan. That's Matt. Hey, Matt. Someday soon, we'll all be together, if the fates allow. <laughs> Until then, we'll have to muddle through somehow. So have yourself a merry little Christmas. Now. <laughs> now. Oh, God, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Schnell. Go. <laughs> Ryan, uh, it's time to shine. We all need to shine. And we all need to shine. <laughs> we are going to shine once again, rising and probably in the east like a star. Uh, it is the TFT podcast. I don't know how this show starts. I'm Ryan. It's been two years uh, since we did this uh, at a Christmas um, of 2018. Uh, I was in a hotel room um, in um, in Philadelphia, uh, not the Four Seasons Hotel and not Four Seasons Total Landscaping. Uh, but I am now in a different city, in a different different crisis in a different time and it's it's time to ruin christmas matt uh, are you ready to ruin christmas it's so uh, you know some things right like this year has has sort of brought uh, not exactly the ruin but the the rethinking of of necessity of so many traditions and it, it i'm so glad that of all the traditions that we have to forego this year that ruining christmas together uh is not one of those. So as a uh, as a very very special, you know, gift to all of our listeners in TFT land, those who still have us in their podcast apps, <laughs> who are just surprised that this thing has has popped up. What I want to tell you, slide it into your DMs. Is like. that yeah? Is that Hugh Grant killed the woman? In the undoing, and <laughs> that like, <laughs> all, <laughs> and the that all right. That's, that's, that's called the undoing. Undoing, <laughs> undoing, uh, Yeah, that that Hugh Grant killed the woman. All the misdirection is for nothing, and that the biggest spoiler is that it's not that good a show because it doesn't stick the landing. For as atmospheric and as like promising as it as it seems, the end is ultimately disappointing. That that is true, and but I think you know going going in with it spoiled uh, as I did, um, it was it was all right, you Luke, know. It was Luke, it was okay. Luke Skywalker shows up Luke in the Mandalorian. <laughs> Baby Yoda's name is Grogu. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've been watching TV. Oh, I will say, you know, that we've been, um, you know awkwardly celebrating uh, the holidays over teleconferencing software well before it was cool. Right. Yeah, um, I know. That's true. Like we're doing, we're doing it now. Like this was, this was the proto thing. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, I, don't I, I know. guess, I guess now's the part in the intro where we say what albums we're talking about. <laughs> well, it was very, a, a couple things happened, right? Like, uh, so, um, D- Dolly Parton released a Christmas album this year and that like, that that is occasion for celebration, I think. But also, Tori Amos uh, released a Christmas EP uh, this year, and that uh, you know I was not going to let that go by without hounding you until uh, we did something with it. Uh, That's as a creative right. project together. But then any any good TFT um, Christmas episode is a is a potluck. So I brought two records of my own, um, a uh, the Chili Gonzalez. Um, 
friend friend of the podcast or at least aspirational friend of the podcast uh, released a very chilly Christmas um, and then at some point in December um, the uh, indie darling of the year Phoebe Bridgers um, released um, if we make it through December um, a four song EP um, including a few covers and I think one one original so we have um, our, our Christmas cornucopia overfloweth um, with with uh, some good stuff and uh, looking forward to discussing these albums with you Matt yeah so so am I so this is um, oh there's also there is a uh, sorry there is a supplemental reading if you wish to do the supplemental reading which is that last year Enya uh, TFT darling TFT it girl Enya <laughs> came out with a Christmas album. And so I threw that on the playlist as well at the end. So uh, the playlist... I, I will say the Enya Christmas album slaps. <laughs> it is uh, It is definitely... A, I, I actually heard some new Christmas songs. I don't know if they were originals or if they're just from a different traditional uh, tradition than the traditional than the tradition of traditionals that I uh, am traditionally used to. So... Um, I'll put them. They're all in a in a playlist. It's going to be embedded in the show notes of this podcast. You can follow it on on Spotify uh, and listen. It's a couple hours. You know, it's it's uh, two full length and two short um, or three short. I forget what. A, uh, sorry, three full length and two EPs. So uh, you know what? Three hours maybe. Um, you can you can listen to it. But uh, you know, we recommend to do before you listen to the podcast. Well, you know, on on this Christmas Day, if you're listening to this on the the day that it uh, that like Beyonce, we surprise dropped uh, our magnum opus on the <laughs> on the internet. That's right. Or or this year, um, like like Playboy Cardi. Um, this is the Playboy Cardi of music podcasts right um that's for the real ones um all right so uh if you have not listened to these uh, christmas albums then pause this podcast pause this podcast right now because you should not go any further if you have not listened to a very chilly christmas a holly dolly christmas christmas tide if we make it through december and maybe christmas Secrets is that what is that what the Enya album? I can't actually read. It's cut off, so I just see it's, uh, it's either Christmas Secrets or Christmas Secretions uh, by <laughs> by Enya. <laughs> um, and so listen to all of those and join us right back here to dive in after this word from our sponsors. Are your clothes dirty? Oh, they are just, they're covered in just, I don't even know. Are they covered with, with Christmas grime and sap from carrying the tree home from the Christmas tree lot? Why, yes. Why, yes, it is. Yes, yes. Well, yes, definitely. That. You know, your normal detergent is not going to get that out. So no. this Christmas, alleviate all of your Christmas stains with Christmas Tide. Wow. Can I eat? Does it come in pods? Yes. <laughs> Can I eat those Christmas Tide pods? Not only is it evergreen scented, but it's flavored like a candy cane. You can eat the Christmas Tide pods. They come in festive red and green colors to appeal to small children. Wow. Yum, yum, yum. I already ate that. These, these cookies taste a little weird, but they're delicious. Oh, boy. Christmas tide. When Santa's coming, make sure you smell good and your clothes are downy soft. And we're back. Matt, I have a question, <laughs> I have a question. for you. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes. We, I think we both did. Look, look, this is a year of many questions. So, so this, this is going to be a little more like an inquisition and less like a podcast, uh, <laughs> like all of our best episodes. Um, my question for you, Matt, is are you going to have a holly jolly Christmas this year? Oh, um, well, Ryan, the only way I can answer is with a qualified yes. Um, <laughs> um, Go on. You know, I live in a, in a desert, right? Uh, right. If, if, you know, if you make it through December, uh, you know, you might be uh, somewhere warm come summertime, maybe even California. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, it is a desert climate. So, so it's like moderately chilly during uh december january february uh, but it's a climate such that there is no holly mm. right um but i will have a jolly christmas because covid means i don't have to see anybody <laughs> <laughs> and so all you know the look it's it's always a mixed bag the, the christmas gathering is always a mixed bag isn't it like they're always good and bad parts you know uh uh, but and and the the bad parts in, include sometimes a lot of forced or awkward or unpleasant social interaction, and that uh, that can be um, really really constrained to a couple of of like five minute phone calls, you know. And that's that's uh, that is just a joy to me. So it will be a a jolly Christmas, I suppose, uh, but not necessarily a. Uh, a holly one just because there is no holly that grows in the uh that that grows in the desert but ryan i i i well same same question for you first or will will you have a holly jo- jolly christmas i will i will it will be both holly and jolly i mean there's an interesting question of whether the holly is is literal or if you can be so jolly that the holly manifests right <laughs> that that you can kind of create a, a holly of the a holly of the soul um you know in and and that is, is that christmasy feeling um and i i agree with with you i mean i i think you know something we have not mentioned but um a big difference uh, oh god yes like- absolutely there's a big huge dif- there's one huge. one consequential one consequential difference and it's that i got a dog is a basset hound his name is gus and yep. uh and other than that everything is the same everything is totally the same except for your dog uh, and i have i have my own um uh flesh flesh puppy <laughs> <laughs> Right. If, if dogs can be fur babies, then babies are flesh puppies. Right. That, that makes sense, right? Uh, anyway, uh, I'm, I'm a dad, um, and uh, and and so I think that the and and my my son is 15 months old. So uh, he was about three months old last Christmas. So that was his first Christmas, but Christmas was like any other day for him. He, he pooped, he slept. Uh, he, he did, he, his, he got maybe a sillier outfit than usual. Um, but this year, you know, he's, he's a little walking person, um, little walking, talking uh, person. And so I, I think he knows that something is happening. And so I think that that, you know, and, and he's, uh, we've been playing Christmas music for him. He's, he's heard this, um, 
whole album. He actually really liked. He he reacted really strongly to the Dolly Parton uh, album. Of course he he did. likes up tempo music. Uh, he also really enjoyed um, not on this playlist, but the Twisted Sister Christmas album. <laughs> um, and so uh, he has he has little jingle bells that he shakes rhythmically. And so. Um, yeah, there's there's plenty of of jolliness um, in our household as well, and I do think though it would be interesting to do a you know a representative nationwide um, survey about the holly jolliness of this Christmas this year. And, you know, and I did did load it up um, because I do feel like you know not that that any of these are explicitly COVID Christmas albums, um, but you, you do. In, in listening to um, the you know Holly Dolly Christmas and and all of them, they are released this year in one way or another, and and I think the way in which they both relate to what Christmas means in COVID times and in a pandemic and an economic downturn, um, and then also just the ways that time plays a role in Christmas songs, right. Of, um, of times of the year and of years passing. Um, it just, I, it popped out more than it usually does for me because it is this, right. Like, you know, when you are not moving <laughs> very much at all, how else do you pass time? Right. And, uh, and so it's, uh, yeah, I, I think that, I I am I am queued up for a holly uh, a holly jolly Christmas, but I wonder you know and I think I think Dolly is as well. But um, have you, you well know, well hers is going to be a holly uh, Dolly Christmas. Have, have you noticed that there have been more Christmas specials on on TV, like singer songwriter variety, yeah. not songwriter sing, singer variety show Christmas yeah. specials? Like we yeah. watched the the Dolly Parton one that was that goes along with this album. Um, we watched the uh, Mariah Carey one, um, which was which was pretty good. Uh, but like as, as stripped down, it was as kind of done up a production show as the, uh, Dolly Parton one was stripped down. Um, like she sat like Dolly, I don't know if you saw it Do- for Dolly Parton one. It was just her, her and a band shot on a, you know, a b- kind of black sound stage, and she sat in a pew. For some of the songs. Wow. So it was like, it's kind of like the, the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, which had been a church, like, and so there is this like religion theme, like, and mm-hmm. so they, they, you know, they, they, she had her seat for the seated songs was a pew, like a section of, of church pew. And that was it. Like her standing up and sitting down, standing up and sitting down was about the extent of the, uh, was about the extent of the production. Um, for for the show but you know i i gotta ask you a question are you are you ryan are you on the dolly parton is a national treasure train <laughs> what i will say is uh you know, look look islands in the stream that that is what we are <laughs> right um and i, I won't continue because i think i may just segue into ghetto superstar so yeah, com- um, coming from afar I, I, they, reaching they for the stars together you know, I, I I think I I I am a very fair weather Dolly Parton fan. Um, I will say I've put um, nine to five on more than one spin playlist, uh-huh. uh, and it's uh, it's it's great. Um, so yeah, I I I would like to certainly listening to this. You know, I know I know the high points of the discography 
but at the singles level. So I, I've not, um, I don't know what is the, um, you know, the, the, the seminal Dolly Parton album. Like Jolene, maybe. But um, oh. yeah, the, the, it's a really good it's a really good record and it's all all her like early seminal stuff is LPs so mm-hmm. you you can listen to them it's like half an hour plus or minus you know is yeah. the is the length of the whole record so it's not like i don't know it's not like bands in the 90s where you had to listen to like an hour and 20 minute like full cd length like packed but, to the gills what, what you're saying is that Dolly Parton is a punk band <laughs> exactly well honestly like some of that like early country singer songwriter Dolly Parton like it's it's more like bright eyes than it's not like bright eyes you know? just, <laughs> like, just just with with my, i will say though there is zero theremin on this christmas album yeah sure it's it's bright eyes but the ridiculous accent actually she comes by naturally because she was raised with it and and is not affecting it not even not even a little bit oh do you know what an omaha accent sounds like <laughs> Um, no, I no. don't because I've listened to Bright Eyes and he doesn't. Well, I have will one. say, and 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 I think what's interesting. Listen, I will I will cut to the Christmas chase on the on Holly Dolly Christmas. I, I think this album was, I will be honest, challenging for me because it actually does not have very many. It's it's very many Christmas classics, right? It's yeah. actually um, of the twelve songs on the main album, I believe. Um, seven are originals and and five are um are are covers of of some that are traditional and even a lot of those are not even the kind of the the bangiest Christmas bangers. Um, like I feel like Mary, did you know is you know is a a more recent religious song. Um, and so it it I definitely my first listen through I'm like, but where where is you know, let's see, what is, where is Go Tell It on the Mountain? Where is O Come All Ye Faithful? Where is, uh, where is O Tannenbaum? Um, and, and it took a little while for uh, me to warm up to, you know, and I, I think that there's a challenge for that is that, you know, one of Dolly Parton's strengths is as a songwriter. So, like, if she's going to do a Christmas album, she's going to write songs because that's part of what she do, does, in addition to being a consummate singer, performer, and entertainer. And so I think it took a lot of time. I, I You know, for me, one of the first originals that, that grabbed me is um, Christmas on the Square, yeah, actually. Yeah, I was about, I was about to say. yeah. That one's really good. Although I will say the Christmas on Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square is definitely a super spreader event. Yeah, no, it is. Well, for sure, because they're all anti-maskers in the on the Square. But that, well, like, everyone's sharing food. Everyone is like, I mean, the, the, it's described. Everyone's passing food around and doing that. But it is, it's, it's this very communal vision of of christmas they're practically um, they're practically spitting in each other's mouths honestly dolly dolly is playing the role of ozzy osbourne in this particular uh scenario <laughs> yes it's a very guar christmas <laughs> yeah no but it is it's just it's it's very i like this i it, like the two-step i like the like that you know kind of that halftime uh kind of country song square dance feel for how uh and you know d- just just take this you know in the spirit it's intended for how resolutely white it is like how completely unafraid to be to be just completely the thing it is to be uh you know this kind of 
I don't know. I, I don't want to say unsophisticated, but maybe like possible to malign style of music, you know, and that like it's you know, we're doubling down on that. Like there there's there's hardly an upbeat in in that song. You know, there certainly is not a syncopation. Right. Like a lot of the stuff that that provides like rhythmic interest or or rhythmic sophistication, you know, in uh in a lot of popular music, like just completely absent and like the kind of the joy that it, <laughs> that it has for being what it is, is, you know, uh, it, it is what it is. So, so resolutely, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think part of what gives it texture and it grabbed me on later listens is, is that there's some call and response. Right. And, and that it, it and I think maybe it's just the novelty of, you know, uh, that, that that I could call out and anyone, anyone would respond was, was really breathtaking in this year of, of such, of such isolation. Um, huh. and, and, and no, but it really creates, I mean, I, you know, lots, there've been, you know, so many thing pieces about, um, you know, the year, the year, the music venues went silent. Um, but it's true. I mean, I, um, you know, I like to go to concerts and, um, and, and so feeling something that had, you know, that the band was long enough, large enough and interactive enough that they could call out and become the band is the, is the village, um, created a, a really nice vibe. And I think is what gives the song, um, texture that, that kind of some of the song structure itself, if played just like, playing just the notes would not have um, really captured. And, and I think that that pulled me in. I think it was probably my favorite album, uh, favorite song on, on the album um, overall. Is there, you know, Ryan, have you given any thought as to what baby's first concert is going to be? Huh. Or has it, um, has it happened cause, already? Cause, you, cause, cause concerts attended uh, in, in utero do not count. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, it's, it's the one, whatever you, whatever you take him to that has, uh, where you put the big, uh, the big headphone, you know, yeah. noise, noise well, standing. We've, we've gotten out. to, you know, we've, 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 um, pulled out the big headphones before, um, because shortly before the pandemic, he went to a, um, a live sporting event, an NBA game. Oh, um, wow. Uh, in, in maybe January of this year. Um, so he's, and that was, I mean, he was, it blew the lights and sound. Um, so yeah, I, I think baby's first concert is, I mean, again, all of the things that I did not understand before I was a parent, it it will have to be a matinee show. So it'll probably Uh, be hardcore, right? Hardcore is, is of the genres that have matinees. Hardcore is one of them. And, you know, and we are in, um, Washington, DC, a, a historic center of, of the genre. So I'm pretty sure, uh, baby will, he will join, uh, a youth crew, an extremely youth crew, um, is, 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 will be his first concert. That's, uh, Uh, yeah. It's it's uh, I just I I remember like going to Ani DeFranco shows and like seeing moms with their daughters and the mm-hmm. daughter had like some like you know uh quote unquote punk hairstyle and had like 21 whole Doc Martens and stuff mm-hmm. and like and, and was like 
seven or eight years old and had like earplugs, you know, that, that mom was making her wear and stuff. And I thought like, it just warmed my heart, you know, (laughs) to see, to see that, uh, to see that sort of thing. But yeah. Okay. Got it. Baby's first, baby's first. You know, he responded really well to this Holly Dolly Christmas album. So, you know, maybe it'll be Dolly. (laughs) Have you ever thought, uh, have you ever thought about, I mean, of course, uh, everyone's children will, will grow up to like, you know, as a teenager, do things to alienate and confound them but what what if he becomes a country music fan i i would not put it past him the the contrarian gene is uh is strong with him so um yeah i think that 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 whatever he has heard a lot of he will go and run the other way so i think that's very very possible um but and then this this helps uh plant that seed a little bit so you know there's another phrase that appears both in this song and in Holly Jolly Christmas that I also um, latched onto, which is why not, right? <laughs> so in Christmas in the Square, um, right, she says, Christmas on the Square, nothing ordinary. It's a Holly Dolly Christmas folly. I had to get that in there. And then the, uh, <laughs> and the, the call and response is, why not? Right. And uh, and then in Holly Jolly Christmas, in the the spoken word interlude, um, I believe she says every year I love singing this song. And I thought, well, why not just do a whole album called a Holly Dolly Christmas? Right. So I did. And it, and it is interesting. Right. One of our earliest Christmas episodes was called You Can Always Not Do a Christmas Album. <laughs> Um, and, and I do think that that, that also won me over, right? That, that there is, you know, there are so many, I think, in, in what has been a tough year and a devastating um, and scary year for many people, there is, you know, it's, there's a tendency to to say, you know, why do a Christmas album this year? Why would I do a Christmas album? And and Dolly's like, well, why not do a Christmas album? Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. I, I'm Dolly. I'm Jolly. Here's some Holly. Let's Christmas. Let's, let's do it. Let's Christmas. Let's get down to Christmas. And like in both of those, those uh instances that you mentioned like uh holly dolly christmas folly i had to get that in there and the kind of the spoken word part at the beginning of holly jolly christmas where she's sort of like she's talking to the crowd a little mm-hmm. bit like it made me think of a couple things like the the beginning of that talking to the crowd the, there was a self-consciousness to it that i really appreciated like a theatricality to it where it's like mm-hmm. look this is an artifact right like this is a thing i am making that i dolly parton am making have caused i i have made or caused to be made this artifact that is a Christmas album and let's talk about it at the beginning like the, right. let's let's you know here are the parameters under which I am undertaking uh, I am undertaking this project and like there's a there's some like MC in it there's some like conc- yeah. concert master like yep. you know kind of hosting um, but that like the, and there's a theatricality to it because like if you think about if you think about like what is your relationship to the event that a song represents? I mean, set aside mm-hmm. that, set aside that like songs on albums are recorded a, a lot of in anyway, or, and certainly this one, like are recorded over many takes, like overdubs, technology, uh, you know, vocals are comped together out of a whole bunch of, of different takes. So it's not even like the one word to the next might be a different, uh, mm-hmm. attempt at the, at the song. But like 
so just set that aside, like uh, bracketing entirely that that whole question for a minute. Like if you imagine like the song is something that happened and it's on the record and you're listening to it, like what is your relationship to that? Like, is it is it like an event that happens as though you witness something, mm-hmm. you know, the way you the way you might watch the news or might watch a news conference or something like that, like now or on tape delay, you know, or is it I mean, is it different? And like it by talking to you, she she like makes you present, you know, mm-hmm. in the thing in, in a way that I thought was interesting. The, the other the other part is like the the brand management aspect of it that is like Mm -hmm. you know holly dolly christmas i had to get that in there like there there's like it's a nod it's a it's a knowing wink it's a nudge but it's also really good brand management like like honestly you know one of the greatest inventions of dolly parton is dolly parton you know right and that like it's so and that like that that image has to be you know, ma- maintain or manicured, uh, sort of policed uh, in certain ways, though in a year where she has like expressed support for the Black Lives Matter movement, like, you know, she could have said, you can always not express support for the Black Lives Matter movement. And that she like took it upon herself to say that, you know, it's a it's a question of sort of of uh image manufacture not manufacturing it's kind of image maintaining like the positioning the dolly parton in relationship to the world and in relationship to people's hardships you know because i think that that's that's where the dolly parton lives a lot of the time uh is like kind of close to people's hardships like you know i don't know coat of many colors is a song that always kind of brings an unironic tear to my eye and makes me like i feel vengeful when i hear coat of many colors i want to go back to the schoolyard where like that her school friends made fun of dolly parton's patchwork coat that her mother sewed for her with great love uh, while telling her the story of, of Joseph from the Bible and his coat of many colors. And like, I want to beat up those kids who gave Dolly Parton a hard time, right? Like, so, you know, Dolly Parton, uh, she, she sort of lives, she lives near, you know, she, she kind of lives near the, the, the grass root, you know, the, the, the bluegrass roots and like, and, 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 you know, who else lives, you know, near the roots and near people's hardships, Ryan, Jesus. (laughs) And so what, what better way than with a Christmas album? Well, and that's, I mean, this is the, I, you know, the one thing I grappled with is, is the, the new songs about Jesus. <laughs> like, you know, I guess it is interesting, right? That, that, um, and, and it's, you know, I asked myself, why do I prefer the songs about Jesus written by the Victorians? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, because those, that's my Jesus song comfort zone. Um, and yet somehow these new, these new Jesus songs, um, I was, I was taken aback. I, this is, this is not my, my kind of music. Yeah. I really, um, I really don't like Mary. Did you know? And that's not with Dolly Parton. Like I just, I, I really don't like it. I, for for a variety of reasons but like the the songs of the victorians go off, go off. <laughs> it's just it's it's simplistic it's very sentimental like the it's you know and and a lot of the stuff is not like a, a, you know a lot of the um uh 
you know, nothing, no, there, there's no like triumphal, there's no triumphal happy ending in a lot in the little drummer boy, you know? Um, oh, hey, hey, listener, have you made it this far in the, the drummer boy challenge? Well, let me ruin it for you. Come, they told this is me. The, this is the little drummer boy. You're hearing the little drummer boy. That is the little drummer boy. But that like, uh, and I'm actually not sure that's a, that's a Victorian song, but there, there was a, like, there was a kind of sophistication of ideas. There was like a charm. There was a, you know, a, a kind of aesthetic element. There was a reserve and there was a, you know, there was an expression of faith that was not, um, so simplistic and so treacly, right? It's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's good it's good to like lick off the beaters uh, of the Christmas cookie batter, you know, and like have a little taste of, of treacly sweet Christmas cookie batter. But what's not good is to get like, like foie gras goosed the Christmas cookie batter directly down your esophagus uh, <laughs> until you're like, your liver explodes with, you know, simplistic, uh, credulous, childlike, um, expressions of expressions of faith like i don't know i think there's a lot there's a great there's a great uh bunch of stuff in the christmas story great bunch of stuff about unwed mothers great bunch of stuff about immigrants <laughs> great bunch of stuff about the unhoused you know that like uh is uh might be um might be a little more uh, you know, I don't know, a, a, a little more profound to meditate over than like this child that you deliver would soon delivered you. Uh, I don't know. I just can't, um, I can't kind of, I, I just can't kind of hang with that. I'll say on this recording of it, the one thing is the, um, the like the shout singing at the end, the like, uh, the <laughs> rock and roll, Dolly Parton rock and roll shout singing was one of the only times I've heard her sing in a way that was not just like really exquisitely controlled, yeah. you know, yeah. and that like, I actually, uh, that aspect of it. I, I, and today, as I was, as giving my final listen through the playlist in preparation for this, my ears kind of perked up at that kind of that one moment, the last, I don't know, 20, 25 seconds of that track, because it was like, because it was like, Oh yeah, you go girl, you go on with your, with your shouty self, you know, like, uh, I like that. It was, uh, I, I appreciated it. Even though one of the things we go to Dolly Park, for is like the virtuo the kind of the virtuosity of her use of her instrument um like the fact that you kind of cut loose uh and in can can kind of create some compelling stuff and i just wish you know i don't know i wish it were in service of uh of uh a better <laughs> of a better song but, uh, but the other thing is the answer to the question is Yes, right? <laughs> like it is a qualified yes. Like because like, you know, the enunciation right. did Hap happen. Was like, a thing. You know, yeah. Yeah, maybe she didn't know, but yeah, once you have a virgin birth and you're being visited by angels, I, I think you have an inkling of what you're in for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that like uh well no, I mean I, I don't know. Can any parent truly know? 
<laughs> what it means, I think. However well prepared you are, you're not prepared. That's one of the definitional things about it, isn't it? What what to expect when you're expecting the Son of God? <laughs> um, I I also could have done without like Jimmy Fallon, despite the yeah. manifest sexual tension. Um, I just don't want to, I just don't need to hear Jimmy Fallon and Dolly Parton pretend to flirt for, for a, a Christmas record. Um, I let, you know, I think I'm on record as, as liking bluegrass Miley Cyrus or liking, you know, uh, like, uh, alt country Miley Cyrus. So, you know, didn't mind that one so much, uh, yeah, but I wish that that she had um, brought Dolly to to bangers, Aram, uh, Miley Cyrus. Right. right, we we can't stop Christmasing. We won't stop Christmasing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know, yeah, I agree. And and the one the tw- the twelve eight song Circle of Love, um, I sort of liked the uh, I like the melody and the track more than more than the lyrics. Like some. I I don't know I I like I have a I have a soft spot for things that are in triple meters because you don't hear a lot of it, um, you know uh, you don't hear a lot of it and that that like I like it you know I sort of like it a lot but yeah it's uh you know I don't know that this like uh, is sort of I I I really believe Ryan I believe in my heart that Dolly knew it was going to be a hard year for people and that to the best of her ability she pulled together something that she sincerely thought would make people happy. And that is a straightforward expression of her sincere Christian faith. Uh, and that she did a special on CBS because like she thought people would enjoy it and it would like, it would brighten them up. She also donated millions of dollars to COVID vaccine development. So like, I don't know, yeah. she, like she's a, she's a, she's an angel. <laughs> but, well, a- what I will say, I mean, it is so interesting because this is definitely both simultaneously the most religious and most horny Christmas album I have listened <laughs> to in a long time. Right. Cause it, it's like, there are like some like, you know, kind of new religious Christmas songs and then multiple flirtatious songs, right? It's not just the Jimmy Fallon song, but she's flirting with Michael Buble. She's uh, flirting with Billy Ray and his achy breaky heart and her husband, right? Like it's like, and, and so it's, I mean, on the one hand, it's, it creates this kind of whiplash and, and I I find that interesting because it is, I mean, it's, it's a coat of many colors, right? Um, and, And it's a Christmas coat of many colors and uh, not just red and white. And so I think that that is, uh, you know, in, in retrospect, I, I have a greater appreciation for that. And it also then is awesome for the playlist age, right? These songs can get playlisted off into, um, you know, there's 12 songs on the album, almost 12 different kinds of curated playlists. Yeah. So it's both like very good old fashioned Christmas on the square. And like you said, just very savvy digital media empire management, right? Yeah, it's. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's funny, though, to put like seven, six or seven originals on it. It's not like she needs the publishing. Right. She she wrote everything. You know, it's like, you know, I could uh, I, you know, uh, I thought, you know, I could write a bunch of new Christmas songs. And I said to myself, why not? Why, why not? Hey, Ryan, I have a question. Yes. Go hit me. 
this this chili gonzalez yeah with his uh with his you know tasteful lounge piano jazzy covers of christmas songs uh occasionally changing the major melodies to their parallel minor keys mm-hmm. is this easy listening um you know is is any listening truly easy uh, during a pandemic <laughs> so i think my answer is a qualified yes you know I, I think it tricks you into thinking that it is easy listening um but you know w- my parents listen to um a lot of their their christmas their one of one of their go-to christmas albums these days I and mean, back in the day I, i've talked about this on past episodes they were they really pumped um, Mannheim Steamroller and Amy Grant Christmas, um, as well as the Beach Boys. Those Amazing. were the big three in our household when I was growing up. Um, but now they they play um, a, I believe the, the the pianist's name is, I want to say Peter White. I could have gotten that wrong, though. I'll have to check that up afterwards. And so they have a lot of kind of tasteful, kind of easier listening, kind of piano composition Christmas music. And, and I, I think if I subbed out right if i if i did the blind taste test with chili gonzalez and their usual tasteful uh piano music they would notice right they would notice because there are um moments where it's not just even like there are often these these start kind of straight and then there's a digression there's some kind of exploration of um of 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 themes or structures um, and then, and then a return often. And, and so there's a little bit of a kind of, some of these songs have a bit of an analytical project to them, right? And, um, Chili had that video series where he was deconstructing pop songs at his piano, right? Mm. And, and I see a little bit of that project there. Um, you know, there is, um, you know, there, there's certainly Jarvis Cocker shows up doing his, <laughs> um, his, his spoken word. Um, and every time that came up, um, TFT punk correspondent Rachel D would say, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> every time. And then, then I think by today, she was like, is that that pulp? Is this that pulp guy? I, I had, so Ryan, as a teenager, I had in that like first dozen albums that I own, I had pulps. This is hardcore. And uh-huh. I, I did not have the context that I needed to appreciate it. You need I, a lot. You need a lot of context and, and you need that context to appreciate Chili Gonzalez. <laughs> that like, like, uh, there's a song called Dishes on This Is Hardcore, um, where Jarvis sings, I am not Jesus, though I have the same initials. I, I'm, ju- I'm just the guy who stays home to wash the dishes and the chorus is I'd like to make this water wine, but it's impossible. I've got to keep these dishes dry. And that's, I, mean, and that, and I was not, I didn't know what even to make of it. I mean, that to me sounds like a Christmas song. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, uh, I mean, uh, it's like, if you told me that was, it's like, that's that like, <laughs> Brick pop is just Victorian Christmas music in in, in new clothes. <laughs> I like I I have a uh, here's a little Christmas snapshot in in uh, you know the kind of the people my mother hosts Christmas at at her house because apparently she likes work and misery and the the like of the kind of the 
motley crew of of people who have kind of floated in and out was one who like would put the christmas china back in the cupboard without washing it and uh after at the end of you know at the end of dinner when or christmas lunch when when you know guests were like helping out to like put the house back together and and uh, you know do dishes and uh this woman was like stacking dishes back in the cabinet and it's like no we we gotta put those in the dishwasher it's like oh they were they were barely used i wiped them off and i thought (laughs) i thought once a year whether they need them or not we wash the you know the spode christmas china (laughs) Uh like uh i i i'd like to make this water wine but i've got to keep these dishes dry you know, it's it's very interesting. I'm on the Chili Gonzalez store, uh, and um, the uh, two things to note: one is that the physical copies of the album are sold out, both on vinyl and CD. Um, but the second is that you can still get your Chili Gonzalez Christmas socks, uh, and they are extremely. Uh, and and they are they are the album in sock form. <laughs> Right. Uh, Because they are uh, at first glance, totally normal, um, you know, Christmas socks. And yet yet then at the top, they say Chili Gonzalez. And um, someone might ask you, why do your Christmas socks say Chili Gonzalez? Uh Um, And, you know, it could sound like a nickname for feet, you know, that need socks on them. I got some real chili Gonzalez here. Um, And so, yeah, I think it's um, I I find the chili Gonzalez album interesting, bordering on pleasant. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, like that's that's actually a best case scenario for like an actual Christmas. Right. <laughs> right. So in that way, it's good. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think for me, some of the stronger ones are the arrangement of, um, of, of last Christmas, right. Of Wham's last Christmas. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's like very nicely done. It's like like the, the arpeggio stuff. Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Yeah, I think that's good. And similarly, the all I Christmas, all I want for Christmas is you, right? The the more, and I mean, you still might hear, uh, you know, piano versions of either of those in, you know, a hotel lobby if such a thing ever exists again. Um, but that I, I thought these jumped out as being, you know, two Christmas songs that have kind of entered the canon um, and that are slightly less likely to hear that way. And I, I like, I liked. Look, you know, as I said before, I like an album that has the the standards, right? What I what I want in a Christmas album is, you know, a a good a high proportion um, of um, you know familiar uh, Christmas songs in an interesting sequence and in and an interesting style. And I think this this does hit that. But again, I don't know this is going to be one that I will reach for again and again. Um, like, there's different kinds of you know, hashtag Christmas moods. Um, and, and this is hashtag, this is hashtag vibe. Yeah. So you're not, so, uh, you're, you're, you would say you're more into chill wave than you're into chili wave. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's just, it's, it's, it, it like there's, 
I mean, maybe it is the lack of of vocals that I want to hear. I mean, there are, you know, Feist and, and Jarvis show up a few times. Um, but it's it's no, I mean, again, it's very interesting. So it's it's like I think I put it on more in the place of like where I would like think about putting on a podcast <laughs> um, mm. than uh, putting on an album um, because it kind of is like you you do especially a kind of medium attention podcast right so it's, it's a good christmas album for your for for doing your dishes right um, um so i don't know what are do you have any lingering takes on, on yeah i mean i i liked it i think that the like um yeah the best thing about it is that they're they're kind of solid you know like that that they are they do have a clear vision and they're coherent they like the whole album hangs together even the instrumental and the vocal uh pieces are kind of of a piece like the the quality of the ideas you know the like let's take the let's take the major song and and make it minor um I don't know, like, like great British bake off style. Like I'm all down for a, a shortbread that's just shortbread, you know, but it's got to be perfect shortbread. Uh, <laughs> you know, and like, I, I like, I 100% love people who do covers of classics in just like, fine style and mm. a couple of the, I mean, a couple of the things, um, you know, I don't know, like good King Wenceslas went out bong <laughs> on the feast of Stephen bong. Like they, they are, how do, how do I put this? They're like, they're musical ideas I would have had in high school, you know? Right. And that right, like, right. and I guess there's something to that because it's all very sim- simple and stripped down. So like maybe what I'm saying is not a knock on it. Maybe it's a feature, not, not a bug. Um, but I kind of, uh, you know, I sort of wanted a, a development of, I I wanted a development somehow. And that, that sort of, it, it doesn't happen. It's like, it is a, it's a very simple, it's a, it's a cube, you know, or it's a, it's a rectangular prism or it's an obelisk of some kind. And, and if you're looking for like a chiseled sculpture, that's not, uh, that's just not what you get. Um, with it. And so you gotta, you, you have to accept it on those terms. I mean, that's what I, I, I don't know. That's how I experience no, it. Anyway. But I think you do expect kind of knowing his reputation and, and kind of getting the vibe. You know, you, when, when you hear some of those early on that are, that are obvious, but they're still deviations, you're like, oh, well, this is a pattern and it may heighten and expand and explore throughout the course of the album. But it's just, it's a similar bag of tricks, um, right? That, that, that there it that somehow there's an expectation for a level of ambition that isn't necessarily met. I mean, it's still it's, but because it, it is, and that's what makes it the. And we've been dancing around this, but it is a kind of normcore Christmas album. Well, I right? kind of, yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, is it is it normcore? And like, to to what extent is that is that opposed? Like, I I looked at a review of this that was like, look, you can enjoy this, but you're never gonna not wonder if Chili is fucking with you. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> well, that's like, kind of the not, that's kind of the normcore thing of it all. Yeah, exactly. Well. 
Um, I mean, I think he said um, in, in interviews, I think he said that he hates Christmas. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, in some ways, look, here's the thing is that and we've also danced around this is that this album is the TFT Christmas al- uh, episode of albums, right? Which is like, you know, um, a little too long and a little less clever than you would hope. <laughs> 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 you know, maybe something that you would have thought was clever in high school, perhaps. <laughs> uh, speaking so, of things, feel, speaking feel like of things, chilly, you know, like <laughs> speaking of things that I loved in high school, do it. <laughs> Tori Amos hey, released a Christmas take it to the bridge <laughs> um, with another. Yeah. The uh, hit me. Dun, 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 get up. Christmas tide. Um, it's time that this was where my lyric was taken from at the outset of the, at the outset of the, the record, but the, uh, of the, the podcast, but like, um, yeah, I'm, I don't know. I'm just curious. Like I, I stand Tori Amos, obviously I was, I was thinking about this. Um, so, so little, little Christmas digression. The last time, uh, Tori Amos toured, uh, behind the native invader album, um, she came to LA and she played three nights. I had tickets to all three nights, including front row seats at the Ace Hotel, uh, theater in, in LA. I, it was like a project. I got all my friends to buy <laughs> Tori Amos tickets, uh, at, like at the online presale. I got them all to like register and the Tori Amos fan club so that they would get the presale code. And I was like, I don't care how many, I don't care what you spend. I'm good for it. I'm going to see Tori Amos every goddamn night that she's in town. So, uh, so I did. Um, and I also ended up with other, uh, banks of tickets that, um, uh, that I gave, gave away, uh, to friends or, you know, sold for, for face value to friends or something. And, and one was to, uh, TFT podcast guest host, one time TFT podcast guest host, Dave, um, mm-hmm. who talked about the, oh God, what was it? Snow cone. Look into the eyes of a goose snow cone. Amy man. Um, Amy man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Album. Um, mental illness, right? Like, is that, yeah, that's then? something, something like that. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so he came, he and a friend came to, uh, to see, uh, Tori Amos and, um, having no context like me and Jarvis Cocker as a teenager, he had no context for Tori Amos. He was like, I came, I came to, uh, I, I came expecting that it was going to be like a, I don't know, like a Linda, Ro- like a Carol King kind of show or a, like a <laughs> no. Linda, Linda Ronstadt or like Joni Mitchell. Like it was going to be a kind of 70s style singer songwriter show. What, you know, what happened was that like this woman in a couture gown, a red wig down to her knees and like kabuki makeup and grandma glasses walked out, started playing, barely looked at the audience, except when she wanted to acknowledge something where she like turned and made a face like, huh? Hmm? Like, wh- what do you think of that? Hmm? Like, do, 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 hmm? And the whole crowd would applaud, just scream on their feet. And, uh, you know, my friend and I started laughing until the people behind us tapped us on the, on the shoulders and say, 
could you please stop laughing? It's ruining our enjoyment of the concert. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is a very serious Tori Amos concert. <laughs> it was a very serious Tori Amos concert. And it struck me that like um that like a lot of things, like J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, or like the I don't know, like like certain religious people or whatever, like Toriamus is a phantasmagoria, you know, and you have to have read all the extended universe stuff uh, (laughs) to like to really or, or if you have you kind of you interact with it at a level that you can't like. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, Matt Chamberlain is is back on this record, you know, the, the drummer, the the actually who is like who is like the West Coast indie drummer the same way that like Worcester is like the the, uh-huh. the East Coast indie drummer. Right. Like um, but like for the 90s, you know, not uh, but like, yeah, oh, Matt Chamberlain's back on this record. Oh, my God. Um that and you know the drumming is pretty good on it but like i realized that like outside of a dog uh, outside of a book uh, uh outside of a dog a book is a man's best friend inside of a dog it's too dark to read um and like i'm very i'm very inside a dog uh on tori amos. and that dog is beside tori amos yeah exactly in a forest <laughs> yeah exactly that is the that's golden the retriever yeah christmas that's on the cover of the the christmas album so that's a very long way of asking just very simply what did you think of this ep well you know i've you you've drawn me into to the the tori amos universe a number of times um on this podcast and i think even before we had a podcast i believe i borrowed um a box set from you oh in- yeah Haven. Um, and so I've, I've dabbled, but I, I, I have bits of, of touch points. And what I don't know is the whole arc. I mean, I would say that, you know, these four songs, um, I mean, there's, there's two ways to discuss them. One, uh, one is as Tori Amos songs and one is as Christmas or Christmas adjacent songs. Uh-huh. And I think they succeed on both counts. I mean, I think, you know, in some ways, you know, being a little more of an outsider to, um, you know, uh, the Tori Amos catalog, the albums and the catalog as a whole can be intimidating, right? So a four song EP is great. It is, you know, um, I, I remember, um, was, was it Unrepentant Geraldine's, yeah. um, discussed, um, uh, five years ago or so, um, I believe was when it was out, um, was a pretty long track list that had a, a lot of different kind of moments and ideas throughout. And this is very compact and it's, it's, I really enjoy, um, you know, the, the kind of rhythm and spirit of, of all of these songs, right. That these are kind of, there's a little bit of like, even like funkiness and kind of, um, you know, movement in all of them. Um, and, and I like then as, as Christmas songs, you know, I mean, I, I think it's really interesting. I've been thinking a lot about Christmas tide and, um, and, you know, and, and so, and, and yeah, I, now's the part of, uh, you know, an hour and a half in or an hour, hour and 15 in is when we start talking about the liturgical calendar. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, because correct me if I'm wrong. Christmas tide is right. We are not in Christmas tide yet. Um, at, at the time of recording, um, we are still in Advent. Yes, sir. And so Christmas tide is that um, is that time between Christmas um, and uh, and Epiphany. Am I am I getting my liturgical calendar? Yeah, right? Epiphany. Yes, Los Tres Reyes. Yeah. 
Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, we 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 celebrated that holiday in our, in our <laughs> household. Uh, um, we we still have the the uh, Dora the Explorer must have done a um, Epiphany episode, a Three Kings episode once, and we we have a great uh, Dora and Diego celebrating the Three Kings. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, but anyway, so so Christmas time is that kind of deep winter, um, and it, it is interesting, right? Because I think. I was, you know, it, I, I kind of expected this to be, and I think this is the album, you know, the Tori Amos being, album being on here is sort of why Enya was brought up as a companion piece. But I think they're on kind of slightly different sides of the, like, the 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 Christmas pagan line, right, and and the ways in which Christmas traditions are are grafted onto pagan traditions. Um, in that, you know, I think Enya, I think through her production styles and the ways in which she creates the choruses of Enya's, um, creates something that more that feel like these kind of Celtic rituals, and even if it is some of the Christmas classics, the that the, there is that kind of folk spirit uh, it, uh, winds its way through. Um, on Tori Amos, there's kind of an explicit reference kind of to this kind of Christmas time, but th- there is this very much kind of naturalistic feel, right? That it, it is like around kind of what we, what sense we make of the seasons, right? And it's, it's, it is really about, you know, the, the, the first three songs are, you know, Christmas tide that is kind of around this season and also kind of makes the pun two tides. There's a circle of seasons and there's holly, right? So it's very much the kind of natural earthy world. Um, and then like Better Angels is the kind of like woke holiday song, right? Um, and and it is it's very interesting, right? She has a quote that's uh, um, that was around the release that was you know she said with Christmas tide it was important to be positive and try to um, lift people's spirits. Um, and you know she goes on to say that it's both you know the pandemic and the election, right? And so I guess the, in 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 other words, right? She Tori Emma said, you know. I, I I decided to make a Christmas album and call it Christmas Tide, and I said, "Why not?" <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's a it's a cool little EP, um, and it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah, I, de- I I definitely like the band feel of yeah. it, and that's yeah. it's funny because they were all remote when they recorded it, so it wow. was like they were in three separate locations, uh, piano, bass, and drums, um, and then the production was done in in England where she lives. But like, yeah, it's a it's a heck of a thing. So like, either I don't know, I don't know if they laid down drums or drums played to to click or she played to click and they they filled in the other instruments around her. Like, yeah. it is uh, it is sort of sort of an interesting thing that it does it does like really groove in certain. Right. I mean, and it's it's a mellow groove. It's not you know deep funk. It's not. Like, uh, but like there, there is a real band feel to it. And that, no, that's like, what it is. And they, they, they ride it at several points, I think in Holly, I think, yeah. um, it finds it gets a kind of cool, cool groove going. Yeah. I mean, in some ways I feel like this is a, I mean, it's not just a Tori Amos album that happened to come out at Christmas time, but it is, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because, and I, you know, it's, this is 100% new songs, right? So it's even higher threshold than um, Holly Dolly Christmas, but it's, 
you know, it's it's trying to be something somewhat different, right? That it is it's it is acknowledging that this is the time when Christmas is happening, um, and 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 that this Christmas time is happening in this year. And again, without making it overly twenty twenty, um, it it kind of. Yeah, it's it's I, I I think, and I haven't fully processed all of it. In part, like some of the even density of reference um, in some of these songs is like definitely well over my head. I don't know um, England um, quite well enough. What was is it in Holly where she's talking about like a um, English p- pilgrimage route, um, or is that in Christmas Tide? Right. Um, I think it's maybe, or maybe it's in Christmas time. Um, oh yeah, that sure that there is there is something. What uh, there's some saints by there's Saint some... Saint Mary's to the sea road. There are nines maid, maidens yeah. dancing, drubbing in winter. Wave as we go, uh, and if we lose our way, well, sailors they dance and play. Yeah, this is very. This is all sort of. This is all. Uh, sort of Tori Amos. It's it's all like it's it's Decemberists adjacent. A lot of her, you know, <laughs> a lot of the Phantasmagoria is a little Decemberist adjacent. I mean, she has she has the the good taste not to use the word palanquin as a lyric, but like, right. uh, uh, yeah. So, um, but that's you know, yeah, that that definitely like follow the green wood by St. Mary's to the sea road. Like St. Mary's, you know, is an interesting, um, St. Mary's is an interesting thing here, right? Because like it is explicitly Christian, but it's also Mary. I was, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of like reclaiming, you know, she was, her, her father was a minister and like the, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and part of her, own the kind of the weird spiritual side of the Tori Amos Phantasmagoria is, is like always a reaction to that, Mm -hmm. to that, to what must be like a, just a profound experience of having the Jesus stuff, you know, uh, really drilled into you as a, as a young age. And that uh, like, and, and, you know, here all these decades, like five or even six decades later, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not gone, you know, from, from her, but she's always like, she's always trying to take it back. Right. She's always right. trying to like reclaim it, you know, that like the, and I think St. Mary's like kind of centering, you know, centering like Marian devotion is, you know, in kind of a thing and it's like the Greenwood. So it's kind of like a primeval or like, like animist or, you know, old pagan animist, like nature spirit kind of, kind mm-hmm. of vibe with the kind of the, the centering of the, like the feminine aspects of like, which is the opposite of Mary did you know you know which is like oh, right. hey Ma- Mary did you know that you as a mother are actually a lot less important than this man you know <laughs> or, or actually like that's, that's it right <laughs> like this child this child who you delivered will deliver you right that and so that the act the the motherly act of, of delivery the motherly act of, of childbirth which is the province of women and they're kind of like you know if if you are spiritual about it like is a source of the kind of the sacredness of feminine spirituality you know is actually less important than the than the like the sacrifice of Jesus and that's like actually the the man stuff is better and and more important which is just another reason to dislike that that song this is like a corrective or an anecdote and an antidote antidote to that where she's um 
like in in this kind of like you know sort of groovy like slightly trippy whatever um you know set of uh set of christmas ep to have your to have your edible and uh <laughs> like sort of bliss out to she's slipping in the she's slipping in the like you know feminine spirituality pre-christian yeah. you know uh gaia stuff in so yeah. you know it's not yeah. that this 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 is not a, a gaia bomb it's a gaia bath bomb <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it's just it's just fizzing into your pores and like really will do its, you know, do its work on you without you uh, knowing uh, a I, lot about it. I found the other reference. Right. So that Mary comes up again in um, Circle of Seasons as well. Right. And so the lyrics is the lyric is a shepherdess watches and speaks to me from the cliff. Um, you know that you you walk the ancient path, the old ways track whose sacred car- currents snake through the land. St. Michael and the Mary line, right? And this is a reference to a 350-mile-long walking pilgrim route in England um, that goes from Cornwall uh, to Norfolk. Um, And it integrates Christian and pre-Christian holy places. Um, And and all of the churches along the way are dedicated to either St. Michael or St. Mary. Oh, wow. Yeah, look at that. Oh God, look at that. And she lives in Cornwall, so it's it is it would be like local knowledge that that right. she has in the uh in her thing. That's I mean, God, that's amazing. It's cool, right? And when it's the refrain, right? Mysteries hidden for centuries will rise again. God is blessed, Tori Amos. Um, the, the, and even the, like the circle of seasons, the idea of circle of seasons, time, time is a cycle or a kind of regenerative mm-hmm. cycle is mm-hmm. sort of a non-Christian idea. Like, like Christian has a, has a very like straight up and, and pointy, <laughs> you know, um, has a very goal directed, has a very teleological, uh, bent, uh, towards its view of time, right? Like, uh, there are sort of two important times. One is the death of Jesus, the birth and death of Jesus. Jesus and the other is the kingdom of God at the end of time towards which everything is is tending and there it's a it's a bit more of a pagan thing right it's a bit more mm-hmm. of a of a circle of seasons and like regeneration and healing and it is it's kind of an alternative mm-hmm. mode of yeah. of thinking of just a, it's an alternative image system to what you kind of associate with christmas which is you mm-hmm. know christ <laughs> You know, yeah. Did you know? Did you know? Um, no, and exactly, and, and it is this, but like it isn't just ignoring that, it's it's kind of reclaiming it, right? And and I think that that reclaiming is very interesting because it's allowing it to be both Christmas, um, but also Christmas tide, right? And um and and that kind of Right, that that putting that seasonality in and putting those cycles in, um, it, it's it's there in the the Michael and Mary line as well, right? Is that it's Christian and pre-Christian and allowing these things to to coexist and kind of excavating them is is very um is very 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 interesting and and cool. So yeah. it's a and again, this is I think you know an EP. Maybe all Christmas albums should be EPs um, because it's it's um, it, it's just like a nice. It's a little stocking stuffer, is what it is. Yeah. Right? Oh, that's a good way to think about it. It's it's true. Now you so Phoebe Bridgers was a late 
addition to to the thing. So I didn't have time to to listen to it uh, as much as um, uh, as much as I might, though, you know, uh, I uh like I, I tried and I had to stop because it was so sad and I was, just, <laughs> I was just crying too much. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't do it. But then I, I, uh, got myself in a strong mood and I, I faced it down and like there are, it is that like, um, you know, have yourself a merry little Christmas. That kind of like there is like a, a inbuilt wistfulness that I think a mm-hmm. lot of this saw that a lot of these songs have. And like it's, you know, I, this is why I hate Christmas so much. This is why it's like it's it's so terrible because like the failure, your failure to like live up to whatever, to the like the glory of the traditions or to the like the example of Christ or to the like sacrifice of your parents love. And like, you know, it's the the like the the failure is inbuilt into the thing to the your failure to honor the traditions like it's yeah. never there can never be enough presence right there can never be because and and here's why right like because the thing that you're recapturing Mm. never actually happened right like your childhood wasn't that great Mm -hmm. as much as your parents loved it like as as much as your parents wish they could like take you back there you know and get it back like you know the the thing that they're chasing is lost and and never actually existed and and the the kind of the attempt to nostalgically recapture it is always already doomed you know and so so fuck christmas and fuck anyone who wants me to do anything at christmas and fuck all the guilt i feel every time every you know this this time every year you are having a holly jolly christmas this year you are going to make it through this holly jolly christmas if it kills you And and I do think that that's I mean you know the, the Phoebe Bridgers the Phoebe Bridgers EP is um, you know another kind of take on a very 2020 um, uh, uh, Christmas album but wh- whereas I think Tori and and Dolly in their own ways kind of they they do their kind of you know this is me at Christmas right yeah. and I think they're both similar in that way um you know Phoebe Bridgers is much earlier in her career and you know had a real I think breakout year this year uh, with her album um Punisher which was really only um behind Fiona Apple's fetch the bolt cutters and kind of consensus um album f- favorites on the kind of when once you kind of aggregate it all up um and and so it's you know, it's a different, this is a different exercise in kind of, you know, creative expression and, and branding. And I, I actually thought, you know, I had not been hip to the Merle, um, Merle Haggard song that she covers. Um, yeah, I didn't know. I actually didn't know. I didn't know it was a cover the first time I heard it. I think actually you hipped me to the fact that it was. Yeah. And I don't think I did either. And, you know, I think I, I started to figure like, I, first I was like, Oh wait, what factory was P.D. Bridgers working at? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I do think that it's, you know, going back to what you're describing, 
it's a it's a lowering of the bar, right? Because it's not even explicitly a Christmas song. I mean, it's a song about it's a song about hating Christmas, right? Yeah, and or, or feeling hating, feeling yeah. unequal to it, right? In the it's case not. in the case of the Merle Haggard song, kind of for economic reasons, like right. I I can't afford to buy all the shit that it requires of me as a parent to yeah. make a like it it explicitly it's a little softened f- because it it doesn't sound the same coming out of Phoebe Bridger's mouth as it does out of Merle Haggard's, but it's like it's his it's his daughter you know in right. the in the original and like yep. i can't buy all the shit that i need to buy to make my little girl happy uh because i got laid off by the factory and like and actually it's it's really great it has the the kind of the wryness about misfortune uh that a lot of country music has yeah. which is like um <laughs> you know i got laid off at the fa- the factory right in december great timing huh <laughs> like, yeah it's time, great. timing yeah. could have been better on the, on on that one but like, yeah, the it's it's sort of inbuilt. Now, there were two things that were weird about it when I heard it the first time. Um, one is that it has a non-diatonic note in the melody. Uh, and the other is that it has a crooked meter. Um, so there there's a count of two inserted mm. between bars, like mm. in random places. Uh, so and and those things, um, the crookedness and the the slightly slightly more willingness you know those are not indie moves those are those are country moves and the the mm. the non diatonic note is a flat 7 so it's if we make it through december 1 2 dava 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 california year if we make it through december mm-hmm. right like and it's that if we make it through december is is a note that's not not in the scale um and it's uh it, it like it made me perk my ears up because it's like I, I don't hear indie music where they do that kind of like um where they do that kind of uh chromaticism but it really belongs to the great american songbook um the uh the great american songbook tradition where the you know the harmony is is a little more cole porter-esque maybe a little more european mm-hmm. and like um and that's the country that's a, a lineage of country music and that like um so you you hear it a lot you hear it a lot more in like that's a willie nelson that's a willie nelson melody anyway so like i it struck me and then i listened to the to the merle haggard song and honestly like I, I, I'm gonna make some country music fans, including maybe one in my house, uh, mad, but like, I like the Phoebe Bridgers version yeah. better. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it's a little more to my taste, I guess, yeah. but like, I like it better, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it, it really, I, it, it, I mean, they, they both work in their own way, but it is, I, it, I, it's, I, I have a hard, maybe it's just, like I happened to hear the, Phoebe Bridgers one first, um, but there is something about it that is, uh, um, it just hits. It just hits different, <laughs> um, and it is, and and I do think it is. It's you know maybe a little on the nose, and yet like it is, you know this in 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 a year where you you have, <laughs> you know where where. Where you are wiping down your groceries so as not to die. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> you, you know, each each month is a milestone, um, and and so I think the the kind of the choice 
you know, both the choice of the song and the arrangement and interpretation are really good. And, and then it kind of creates through lines with what, what else she um, curates onto the EP. And, you know, we, we talked just a little bit about um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. And we've talked about this on past episodes. Is that, for me, the big moment, right? It's always this moment of suspense every time I listen to a version of Have Yourself um, a Merry Little Christmas. Because yeah. do they pull the punch, right? Do they... Um, do they they change that that line near the end to um, you know the the original is muddle through somehow um, right which is I I did in the opening or do you um, hang the shining star upon the highest bow right which is pulling the punch and yeah. making it um, making it um, merry and little yeah the, the uh, other the other one is. Uh, um through the years we all will be together versus someday soon, someday soon we all will be together if the fates allow. Yeah. Um, Which is, which also is pulling the punch. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I do think, right. And it's, it's, it just really works. It just really works right now. And it's, you know, I'm glad she doesn't pull the punches. Um, And, and I mean, we, we, you know, uh, went and just uh, put Meet Me in St. Louis on our 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 Christmas viewing queue <laughs> <laughs> uh, to really to really get those vibes. Maybe should we close it out by uh, talking about um, uh, seven o'clock news slash silent well, night? Uh, yeah, here, like uh, oh god, yeah, it's not the strongest moment on this EP. Though uh, Phoebe Bridgers and Fiona Apple singing Silent Night is really. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, is is really nice. I just like so this is the gimmick from the the Paul Simon record. I think it actually maybe even is the first Paul Simon record. Um when's it no, it's is it partially Grace Land begins. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Is it partially Sage Rosemary and Time or is it Wednesday morning three AM? I don't know. I really liked Paul Simon and and uh Art Garfunkel when I was a kid. I liked Simon and Garfunkel um a lot. Checks up. Uh the uh and they do this thing where they sing Silent Night and then there's audio of – they call it the 7 o'clock news. But there's audio of like a radio news report from um, the Vietnam War, more or less, right? And and the idea of Silent Night, you know, it being a silent night and sleeping in heavenly peace versus the like the violence visited on, you know uh, – uh, the the violence visited on uh, uh, the the war in Vietnam, like the the violence visited on people sleeping in heavenly peace in Vietnam, uh, you know, including infamously children, like, and that you know the the news getting back that was the uh, that was the thing, and it's I don't know, it was like it seems like for the time, you know, that that was where the counterculture was at. At the time, you know what I mean? And like that, that was, uh, and it was a, a clear, it was a kind of a clear message. This one, like, um, it includes a lot of things. It includes a lot of examples of, of modern day injustice, all really infuriating, like all very bad, all, you know, worthy of condemning. Um, and yet it kind of muddles these things together. Like, are we talking about, you know, are we talking about uh, the the president like and just the the, you know, I don't know, the the infamy of 
his rogues gallery of of imbeciles? Are we talking about you know uh, racially motivated violence, racist violence? Are we talking about uh, you know there there are a bunch of stuff, and it it to me it kind of comes off as like as virtue signally cause shopping, right? Because it's not <laughs> like it's it's not a clear vision it's sort of muddle it's it it muddles through somehow well i hate to uh well actually you on christmas <laughs> no i love it actually so i think like the the and you're you were right that um silent night by silent garfunkel is on parsley sage rosemary and time um and you know on that album they also do their version of Scarborough Fair, um, which gives the album its title. And that one also has the kind of, um, to, you know, too clever by half kind of layer in. And actually, so Scarborough Fair is the one that's a little more even super heavily um, Vietnam-y, right? Because that has the the little vocals underneath. A soldier say, cleans and polishes a gun. Exactly. And generals order their soldiers to kill. And to uh, fight for a cause they've long ago forgotten. Oh, man, I was like, I was deep in it when I was a teenager, yeah. right? Um, and and I think what's interesting about the uh, the the news, the 7 o'clock news, is that it fades it fades in. Um, and actually, it does, I mean, you're right that the, the v, it, so it kind of closes on Vietnam, and that's kind of the loudest part that overtakes Silent Night. Um, but it actually hits, if you kind of pull up the, the transcript of the original newscast, it actually hits like a similar gambit of like the civil rights movement, um, the death of Lenny Bruce um, and, and uh, Martin Luther King organizing Martin March. Actually it's about half civil rights movement. Um, oh, fair enough. Okay. I, I absolutely stand corrected. So, uh, but I, I do think, I think that the difference and, and again, what's interesting is to me, I don't know whether the because um, you know the I have not as granular of a kind of detail of the sixties um, is whether this is like the the transcript is kind of you know a composite of headlines and like is a like day's news or a kind of set of day's news um, or is something that's kind of representative because I think the Phoebe Bridgers one feels a little more hypothetical. It's kind of news of this moment, but it isn't kind of a direct transcript. It's kind of news we might hear now or, or a time like now. And I, I think that also does give it some of that feeling that, that you have, um, even if the selection is not as different as it seems, right? There's, again, there's some reason why it feels more coherent. But again, maybe it's also that we are inside the dog, right? And when... Well, it's um, not... Radio news in that format is not something that... Like, radio news now sounds like Michael Barbaro, you know? I was like, just going to say, it should be Michael Barbaro. Right. Uh, that, would be, that would be so much cooler <laughs> um, if it was like... It's like, so wait, you're telling me that the president knew all along? <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> what the, you're saying is... <laughs> Right, the kind of like the Ira Glassian, the Ira Glass inflected, like sincere, credulous, you know, whatever the 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 NPR public radio voice has become in this in this post postmodern age. 
Yeah, no, you're right. It's yeah, it's it should be the seven o'clock podcast, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and that right. So it's yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I understand she's doing an homage, but like, it just doesn't speak to us in the same way that the um, that having a newscast, having a like, a, <laughs> it should be a TikTok, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, these kids today, um, these kids today, and their rainbow parties, um. Well, you know, Ryan, we did is, it. We, we made it through. We made it through this podcast some, somehow. <laughs> Take it through this podcast. <laughs> we'll go somewhere podcast some, somewhere warmer come summertime. Oh, man. Yeah. Maybe maybe even California. Maybe. Uh, Imagine. <laughs> It'll be a lot, a lot warmer. It's, uh, it's well, this is this is the time where we end the podcast. Um, I suppose there are things that you could follow. <laughs> There are there are there are social media accounts and feeds and web pages um, that that you you could follow for when when whatever surprises might come up because um, not all surprises are bad surprises sometimes no, wasn't surprises um this was a a, a lovely a lovely uh, Christmas surprise and I I, I uh, we we marched our way through uh through all four of these albums i think we, we basically went the length of the playlist right yeah more or less i mean that you know we we probably exceeded the the length of the phoebe bridgers one with our time but like that's yeah that's all right that's that's good it's nice it's uh we did the full we did the full tft and and the full uh, TFT. you know it's i'm i'm glad i'm glad uh I'm glad we're still around. You know, you you age, you get you 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 wonder if you're losing your edge. But but I'm glad to say that we're we're still the same trollish, uh, you know, um, antisocial uh, experimental noise collective uh, as ever uh, we were, even though uh, you're an experimental kid collective and I'm an experimental dog collective. So uh, <laughs> and someday. The child and the dog shall be friends. They shall, they shall go on epic quests like oh, Tori Amos hey, and hers. They will what? walk. They, Raphael and Gus will walk the pilgrim an English pot pilgrimage trail together. Hey, we gotta, we gotta do a, uh, we gotta do a thing where uh, we make a TikTok of Raphael climbing on top of Gus to like reach something on a high shelf. You yes, know, like a stepping on him like a step stool. Um, that is that is that is definitely vaccine priority number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, thank you all for listening. If you've made it this far, you you know who you are. Give, do give us a shout out um, on Twitter, on the show notes, on overthinking us. Say hi. Say how you've been. Um, what has changed? How you are you doing this year? What are you listening to? Um, you know, write us write us some letters. Uh, be our pen pals. Uh, and and we will we will be here. We will be making it through December and the December after that. Um, and uh, as as the cycle of seasons turns onwards, we will be keeping it real. <laughs>